Welcome back everyone to the Shadow Eraser Poetry Hour. My name is Carla, which is at shadow underscore scribing for all of our Instagram listeners. And I am joined again tonight by my co-host Adam, which is at underscore no underscore eraser underscore. And tonight we are doing a curated read and announcing our winner for our first poetry prompt, which is Reverberations. And with that, I will turn it over to Adam. We've missed you, folks. Thanks for coming back for the second episode. We've really got some amazing poetry to share with you guys today, and we're doing something a little different at the end of the episode. We have homework to give to you, our dear listeners, but it's a good kind of homework. It's the go out and buy a poetry book that uh, you will absolutely adore kind of homework if you're interested in following along with the book that we're going to be covering in our next episode for our deep dive series on being able to interview published authors in the world of Instagram. So super excited about that. Super excited about that. Question to my my co-host here. How did the curating go? Did you you have fun digging through the, the underbelly of Instagram to share some good pieces with our listeners today? I absolutely did. And you know what? I'm thrilled that so many, you know, that we got the responses that we did. I mean, I wasn't expecting hundreds and that would have probably made my brain explode anyway. (laughs) But I I was so happy with the response and just to the respond to the podcast in general. I'm Hmm. glad it's reaching people and they're enjoying what we're doing. So, you know, you know, thank you, everybody out there who supported us so, so strongly. And please keep listening, keep sharing. You know, we do have our website live now, and I will attach the website to the description on the podcast. So you guys can go ahead and give that a look. We will give some information about our prompt winners and our upcoming guests and upcoming prompts, highlights of the episodes, some nice background info on Adam and myself. And it's a it's a work in progress, but I'm, I'm happy with it. Adam's happy with it. I worked really hard on it. So just give it a look, even if it's just for shits and giggles, I would just, it would just make my heart happy. But I know I thoroughly enjoyed going through the submissions and reading, and it was a tough choice because there was some really good stuff, but I, I had to really follow, I had to follow my, my music driven heart on this one. So we'll get into that later. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the response as well. And before we dig into the the curated reads, I just wanted to say that I had more than a few folks reach out to me and say that they genuinely enjoyed the first episode. And more so than that, I had folks tell me that the conversations that we were kind of digging into really resonated with them and, and moved them. And well, damn, as, as a creative type, isn't that what you want? Absolutely. All day long. It, it thrills me to no end to be able to, you know, get that message. Hey, I really enjoyed what you guys did. And I found myself crying about halfway through it. That uh, is one of the, the messages that, that I got. And that, you know, that just means the world to us whenever we, we hear that sort of thing. So just a, a deep, genuine thank you, guys. All right. Let's go ahead and jump right into our wonderful curated pieces that we've collected throughout the week. The first piece that I bring to you today is from an account that I'm a huge fan of, and this account just recently dropped a book as well. They may or may not be on our lineup for future interviewees, so keep an ear out. This is the Satter underscore chapter. 
Your name is a spasm in my lung, a cardiac bloom of evergreen emotion releasing air in exchange for my frustrations. My monsters hide from your flowers in the crevices of rotten tissue, heaps of dead flesh, starving on the abscesses, heels of a weary angel, fallen feelings laid to rest on a bed of blood-soaked bodies, barely breathing, but still very much able to sin. These remnant wraiths frequent my loneliness on days of dissonance when I'm too wrapped up in maintaining emotional armistice to exist on the mortal plane. They peek through the pitch in my eye and step on my throat until I call them by their names. Hate, naughty, naughty, sin, bad sin, all sins are mine. Hateful, sin, dead and naughty. Be free, my forsaken path. Ooh. <laughs> and that was the Satter underscore chapter, my friends. No title on this one, but I'll, I'll forgive him. I, I barely title my own stuff anyway. Yeah, we can definitely forgive that. And especially since the coupling of the words emotional armistice. Right. I feel like that would be a fantastic 90s grunge band. Or alt rock. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I need, I need, hey, the sadder chapter. Get on some merch, brother. I need a patch for my denim jacket. Yes, that is very, that would be very left of the dial. Definitely left of the dial. Emotional armistice. People will be like, who's that? I've never heard of them. No, well, they're very, they're very underground. You wouldn't have heard of them yet. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, we let's dig into the piece a little bit. Let's dig into the piece a little bit. So this is your first time hearing this out loud. What, what's your, your knee jerk reaction here, friend? It's powerful. And what I like about this, again, like I said, that that coupling of the word, the emotional armistice and just the image mm. that conjures for me and listening to that and having an understanding of what, at least for me, you know, translating as the listener, what that feels like, you know, what that feels like. And it's just that, yeah, that, that brief moment of ceasefire where it's just mm. the chaos and the overthinking and the hypervigilance and the, you know, the, the rage or the sadness, it just stops for a while mm. and you can draw breath. You know, that's what really hit me about that. The thing that I think I probably enjoyed the most about this is there, there's that, there's that juxtaposition of the relationships here of my monsters hide from your flowers and crevices of rotten tissue. This concept that you have the quote-unquote good and the quote-unquote evil, and then at the end here, our author starts calling them out by name. And I, I, I loved that. I'm a huge fan of formatting, too. And if you check out the page, it's got really, really cool formatting. And this portion here, it feels frantic, but it also feels like a checklist and then he wraps it up with be free in my forsaken path. For me, this entire piece, and you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, friend, but I feel like that this is coming to terms with 
it's, and I, I go back to this term, it's in the gray. This be free, my forsaken path. Just realizing that these are a part of you as a core individual. And how do I maintain that? How do, how do I become you know, somewhat of a, a bullfighter and, and learn to coexist in that ring, at least for a little while, if need be? And he's always so good with imagery, too. Starving on the abscessed heels of a weary angel. Are you kidding me, man? I need I need more lines like that in my work. But yeah, just a fantastic piece. He, he's incredibly talented. Yes, and, and I agree with you on the, the idea of in, integration and that, that coming to terms. Again, it kind of ties in with that whole concept of the emotional armistice, you know, because that's really what it is. It's that ceasefire. And for me, acknowledging the shadow or the monster, however you want to categorize that. Mm -hmm. Knowing that sometimes you have to pack it away mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to haul it out of mothballs because, you know, the time will come when it's necessary. Oh, 100%. To be able to embrace the monster when necessary is just, it, it's part of that. You know, I don't think any human being can sanely exist in all light, all dark. I think, the, you know, our optimal existence is somewhere in the gray, but I think it's the hardest place to put ourselves. And I think it's the hardest place to find acceptance from others. I think we all have a tendency to idol, you know, to idealize a bit, you know, to, to put others on pedestals and, mm. you know, can we reconcile within ourselves and in turn with you know in others their faults you know their shadows their monsters and it, it just yeah it brings a lot of that to bear yeah great absolutely great piece man what you said about having to pack that monster away and sometimes let it out really really hits with me super hard just thinking about my my past history and, and corrections and, and choosing to get out of that line of work because I didn't necessarily like the man that I was becoming being surrounded by a lot of, a lot of awful hardens a person hardens a heart. And, and with specific situations turned me into a necessary violent individual. It was always my goal to try and get out of whatever situation I could without that. But it, it it's so hard to pack it away. I found myself coming home and, and finding it really, really hard to turn it off. But I will say that other me has literally saved my life before and has literally saved others lives before. So in a way I'm, I'm grateful for my pet monster. It's just learning when to utilize him. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite song. And I know not a lot of people like Hozier, but I, I do like some of their work and in the song arsonist lullaby, there's one part mm. of the, chorus it's you know don't you ever tame your demons but always keep them on a leash mm, love it love it all right that's my first one all right my first is from a new account that i'm following that i we followed and that followed us this is ego sum ego so the instagram handle is ego sum e-g-o-s-u-m dot ego e-g-o and she titled hers reverberation Reverberation, the prolongation of a sound, according to a popular search engine. Your laughter the last time I ever saw you sitting on my couch. 
a surprise visit, and you, with all of your infinite knowledge, a damn titan. You told me you were done, your body was done, and you were scared. How can you, a worn leather, hardened smoke eater, a fucking legend among all firemen, even know fear? When so casually, thumbs up, one eye closed, you taught me all I needed to know. Big fire, big water. Small fire, small water. Don't overthink it. And you taught me well. God, I'm fucked. You laughed that signature country boy chuckle that made you seem simple and you were. Dump truck to the quarry, get the engine out to the fire, dogs to the creek, hunt, repeat for 40 years. And I still hear you laughing on my sofa. I miss you. You were better than me. Reverberation, a continuing effect, a repercussion. That fucking ache in my chest that started with a simple social media post. Fuck. Not too much digging and I found the source. You. I see you. Ventilator. Fuck. Three days later. Gone. God damn this virus. Didn't it know you were a fucking titan? My mentor. My hero. My friend. And I liked you. Reverberation can be calculated by some measure of time and decay relative to the speed of sound, the sound of the room and absorption, in other words, physics, but your laughter in my head and the pain of your loss defy the laws of physics. My heart and head hold the memory as it ricochets to infinity, and I find myself walking along the worn planks of an old boardwalk with a cool breeze full of ghosts, but mostly you, a path we once walked together, really my first time thirty years ago, and we laughed. And I was wide-eyed and new, and you, a worn, leather-hardened smoke-eater, a fucking legend among all firemen. And weren't we invincible? She smiled. But now you are gone. Fuck. You know what I, I love about this piece is it's a love poem. I, I know it's not necessarily a love poem in your traditional way, but... Love is more than, you know, the, the gifts and anniversaries and, and the, the romantic relationships. This is absolutely a love poem through and through. And I, I am a fan of pieces that you don't necessarily have to unpack. And the author here does a fantastic job of just being a storyteller. And I say just, but storytellers are literally what carry on our history, our our oversoul for my, my Emerson fans out there. But yeah, that that's, and, and they do such a masterful job of really capturing the unfairness of it all. Absolutely. And the other part is the vulnerability of having that close connection and opening up and the risk of that loss mm. and then seeing that loss become real and how hard it is to contend with that. And the vulnerability, like I said, of prying open your chest again to allow mm. someone, you know, even the possibility of someone else access, you know, as you said, whether it's romantically, platonically, you know, loss is loss. And I just, I felt my chest cave in after mm. I read this piece of work. I, I felt the, the, the weight of that loss. And I love when a poem does that, when it puts me where the author is, and I can appreciate to the fullest extent, maybe I didn't have that specific experience, but I can recall it on my own. And just, oh, just, it, it just clinched my, my lungs. I was just, I was breathless after I read that. 
that's what that's what skill does folks and, and does it so well I, I deeply appreciate that piece. As you said, I, I appreciate the vulnerability behind it. It's just fantastically done. I also like the fact that the word fuck can be a sentence. Yes. It can be a book. It can be, and, and it's it's used really, really well here. And there are a lot of times where I'll read a piece and it, it's, you know, the cursing is overdone. And this is coming from a guy who, who cusses, you know, a lot, but it's a lot of times if you use it like a very strong spice in a dish, it's way more effective than just dumping a bottle of hot sauce in, in what you're trying to cook. And, and uh, that, the writer here, yeah, he, he does such a great job of, of using that as, as a, a a gunshot of sorts. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is a she. Her name is, I believe it's Erica, I think. Ah, my apologies. So well, so well done. Thank you for sharing that one. Thank you for listening. And Ego Some Ego, thank you for submitting. All right, folks. Our next one up here, no title, but it's from the account I'm Harmonizing. And rather than spelling out everyone's names, we'll we'll list them, I suppose, in the credits. Is that how we'll do that? Whenever we post the episode, we should be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So Awesome. So this account is I'm Harmonizing. No title in this one. I really need to stop picking pieces that don't have titles. They're hard to find, folks. (laughs) I'm trying to get better myself. All right. Please tell me that you stretched your hands through molten magma, through swishing mercury before a mirror, that the entire universe pushed your skin with such fervor and cosmic force just for you to reach me. Tell me that stars collided and trees conspired, that the skies murmured impatiently moments before we kissed for the first time, that The rain paused until we could embrace under a bridge and tell each other how have taxed us in yet another way. But there are no others. Please tell me you understand that each of us has been kissed by the sun in varying degrees and moved by the moon differently. That some of us have spilled our inner oceans out to the public. Tell me again of the stories where you'd ask for me and waited for the gods to approve that my nights toiling laboriously have not been in vain, that my ever-enduring patience has not been in vain. I need to feel it trickle down like raw honey onto my core and settle in my soul. I need to ignite and rise like stomach acid when I'm nervous and you need me to come true just when you need, and I need you to come through, would you please? I gaze into an endless sky, with silence pouring from my lips. Even the foliage seems to sway at specific erratic breaths as I pray. Please tell me he's out here somewhere, because God knows I've been waiting. I don't need anyone, but I need that someone to somehow show me something. Kind of like love, but not the kind that crumbles once you're near the mirror. Not the kind that disintegrates once you touch beyond the words. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, they're one of my favorite authors. They have two books out currently, and they have a way about their work that's very reminiscent of, of the classics, but 
sort of updated with with modern understanding. Their work is 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 filled with imagery of of food and the cosmos, both of which are near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and uh, I adore this piece, and I adore the the understanding here, especially at the end. I don't need anyone, but I need that someone to somehow show me something kind of like love, but not the kind that crumbles once you near the that line sums up this entire piece. And, and I love the yearning for a deep, genuine connection, not a fast food relationship as I like to call them. And I think they've done a fantastic job of making something epic, but intimate at the same time. No, I agree 100%. And as you said, you were saying yearning, I was saying longing, which is really, in essence, the same thing. Mm. And that's exactly what I got from that piece. And again, being okay on your own, yet at the same time, having that, that yearn for that connection. It's something I think we all feel on a very, very real level. And it's visceral. It's something visceral to me. And I was just, I was tantalized by that. So thank you. Yeah. It's, it's wild too, that, that feeling that you're talking about. I, I remember feeling it at a very young age. I got married at like 19 and I remember being in my bedroom at a very young age and just praying that I would, I would find that person and just, just that deep feeling of longing. But the funny thing is, is, you know, we've been together for 19 years now and, and that feeling still pops up in my chest when I feel like I've, I've somehow distanced myself from my bride, be it through my short temperament or, or not listening well enough. That longing, I think is a good thing. I think it's telling you that we have work to do or something needs to change and, and that's okay. It's okay to still, still feel that even once you've found that connection, I think that's growth. I think that's what that is, is your, your heart and your head and your soul or what have you telling you let's, let's step it up a little bit here. Let's dig a little deeper. Absolutely. And I mean, in, in a relationship, I love you is sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? It becomes trite. Hmm. It becomes trite because it's the end of conversation. You just kind of interject it somewhere. But to say, I miss you. Mm. Even if it's only been a few hours since you've seen each other or a couple of days <laughs> or, yep. but like you said, when the connection feels like it lapses or you just, wow, like I, I miss my person, you know, yep. I miss my person. And a hundred percent. I, I, I think I came to the realization a long time ago that I love you is not a declarative statement. It's a verb. Amen. I agree. 110. All right. Okay, so I'm up. Let's switch gears a bit. And I'm going to go with Mr. Neville Johnson. His Insta handle is Neville Johnson 01. So that's N-E-V-I-L-L-E-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-0-1. And it's a short but prolific piece, Young Souls. The noise was deafening that night. It wailed at us and tore us apart. Our restlessness and anxiety subsided among the distinctive piercing sound. 
The roaring vibration hissed like an acoustic beast, and her pitch echoed into the burning night. The sound reverberated, crawled, and bled down our spines. Ooh. I, I want to know more. That's what good poetry does, right? Even the shorter pieces, I want to know more. What's what's the next chapter? <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's great is in the visual, it's, of course, soldiers waiting to hop off of an aircraft. Mm. And what I love about that piece is, yes, you want to know more because that's exactly what that was, is that sense of anticipation of what are you running into? And what's even better about that as you know short sweet concise but prolific as it is is having never had that personal experience i'm reading this and feeling that sense of that sense of urgency and mm. the that visual of the sound reverberated crawled and bled down our spine you know and for something to bleed down your spine you know to crawl it's a very slow Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality, it probably only takes seconds, but in, in feeling and experiencing, it probably felt like an eternity and just all the way he drove that home with that, that comparison with that, that visual, just that got me. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. That's, that's so well done. That's a very intentional description as well, I, I feel. But yeah, that's, that's perfect. I absolutely love that piece. All right, folks, that brings us up to our next account. It is going to be e.r.x.poetry. I adore this piece. No title on this one. Out for a walk with my niece and my dad. She babbles sweetly, telling him about her day. I'm a step behind them, listening quietly. She's telling him a story about a kid at school who is angry. My old man questions her. How did you know they were angry? She's animated, says confidently, because they were shouting. You can be very quiet and still be angry, he informs her gently. I watch her. She's soundlessly mulling it over. I'm thinking how a few short years ago that would have been me, learning how fury can be held silently. I'm still learning how to put it. That's heavy. I love this piece so much. Oh, I love this piece so much. You know me. I'm a sucker for like narrative pieces. And Absolutely. this is this is a, a snapshot in everyday life, which I think more often than not good poetry is. And good poetry always doesn't have to be some giant epic situation or horrible trauma or love that's strong enough to move the the mountains it can be just a small momentary reflection a life lesson and i love i can see her sitting here just the the little niece sitting here and just chewing over the idea of like anger can be quiet it can it can be and the reflection on, on the part of the authors well it's it's in the ending's amazing i'm still learning how to put it down it's a very very easy plain way to end that piece and it makes all the sense in the world it's it is saying this is where i am right now and i, I love that they were able to reflect that out of this interaction here it's it's fantastic absolutely absolutely i could just pretty much copy paste everything you said because that's the exact 
impression that I got from that piece. And being that little girl, I could see that. I could see that and I could just growing up and having myself to kind of conceptualize those what seems like very grown up complex things mm-hmm. and having to translate that into a child's very simple, honest, forthright, no filter brain. Right. Is just, she did a beautiful job with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And our next piece, I chose storm writing, which is mm-hmm. storm underscore writing. We are drifting. Drifting, inky depths, punctuated with tiny bursts of light. Collection of senses we choose to ignore, tangled limbs that bob in the waters of undulating shame and unspoken despair. But if this is the last picture of me, you shall see a smile. Our greatest fears returning to the surface again and again, the unbearable guilt of a drowning man. What earthquakes will rise in the echoes of a broken heart, reverberations that painfully leap from my bones to yours. Deep calls to deep, and still we cry, waiting for the call, waiting for the calm. They're incredibly talented. I know they had taken a short break, and I'm I'm so glad that they're back and, and writing again. I always love hearing their work. The line that really stood out to me was, if this is the last picture that you see of me, or the, the smile that mm-hmm. that that gave me a little grin. There's a lot of hope in there, in spite of all that chaos and an overall feeling of the end. That's that's very much what that piece reminds me of. The end of what that can be translated into so many different things. It, it really can. But there's that glimmer of hope, that that smile that I feel deeply connected to. One of the parts that I love the most about that are greatest fears returning to the surface again and again, the unbearable guilt of a drowning man. Mm. And that spoke to me because I have experienced that myself. I've Mm -hmm. watched others go through that experience and Mm -hmm. that visual of someone in a sense thrashing about in dark water is really a very apropos image for that. And it's yeah, absolutely that stunning. It's funny. Well, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic. When, when I did my EMT training, one of the things that, you know, we had to learn how to work with were drowning victims. And my instructor told us people drown much more quietly than you would expect. And I find that to be true in, in real life in general, not just the, the physical act of drowning, but the act of drowning happens quietly and most people don't realize that. Yes, that's very true. Very, very true. Next up is another published author. Iris dot black and I love the the title for this one. We do have a poem with a title, folks. If you're at home, set off your firecrackers, use your noisemakers. We have a poem with a title. And the title, are you ready for it? I am a slut for the rain in that it ruins everything. Love it. <laughs> it's a fantastic title. So again, this is Iris dot black. 
The rain haunts the backyard. It torments the clothesline. Drip, drip, drip. I don't know if it's the kitchen tap or my cold tears. The rain is so lonely. It won't leave us alone. And I had hung my favorite dresses to dry just this morning. The ones I died in but would never get buried in. Drip, drip, drip. It might be the blood trickling down with the water or the sound of ravenous ghosts. His hunger is unrivaled, but my temper is sublime. Sweet. It tastes sweet when I bite the inside of my cheek. It tastes like content, pure, unbridled, like a jolt of bliss. But, of course, it has to be transient. Why is pain denounced as harm when my fingers are the ones tasting the bliss? And why the fuck is it celebrated as devotion when he's the one inflicting it? Time never did wait for anyone. She is a bride getting cold feet. She is a dead tulip waiting to be buried, a longing and a feeling, and everything in between. Someone please tell the dead flowers that it doesn't get any better than this. The rain is dirty and real, and time is but a mere idea, a concept, the filthiest one, a dream, the prettiest one. Makeup smeared, hands tied, smiles ruined, I am always falling in that dream the rain won't stop battering but for once i will learn not to complain because the smell of mold reminds me of your arms it takes me back home let's talk about effective repetition real quick absolutely let's do that you can start because i'm still i'm still processing that one yeah the way iris black writes it is it's it's a piece that all of her pieces are pieces that you need to sit down and, and masticate on for a while. Mm-hmm. And But this particular author uses repetition in an extremely effective way that uh, it, it's, it's not just an onomatopoeia, I feel like. It's also a representation of the concept of time and longing that they talk about later on in the passage here. And... I think it's no coincidence at all that the drip, drip, drip feels very tick, tick, tick like in regards to the the sound of a clock uh, winding down or never winding down. I I love what they say here. Time is but a mere idea concept, the filthiest one. And there's more that really digs into that concept of mortality here. Uh, Death is not just a physical one. They go on to say here, I had hung my favorite dresses to dry just this morning, the ones I died in, but would never get buried in. Hmm. Damn. (laughs) We we are all walking around in funeral clothes. (laughs) There's a quote, and I can't remember who said it. Listeners, feel free to to shoot me a message and let me know. But is the multitude of men live lives of quiet desperation and this piece reminds me of that that concept so much and they it's just brilliant absolutely and i love some of the the skillful what i call artistic ambiguity Mm -hmm. there's a definite theme to this piece but you can still pick out other interesting bits you know and sort of adjust in myself as the listener or the reader 
sort of adjust their meaning in a way that I can really closely identify with without mm. compromising the integrity of the piece. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Uh, that goes back to that whole argue, argument is poetry subjective sort of thing. I think good poetry can be both subjective and non-subjective. We have pieces like the narrative piece that we read earlier about the, the niece. And then we have pieces like this that can really not at face value be taken literally because there are a lot of things going on here that obviously she's not dead, but you got to dig deeper. We're, we're, we're not here necessarily for, for quote unquote, easy reads. We're here for good poetry. And I think that this particular author writes it. <laughs> Agreed. So the next on my list is Kiki Poetry. So Ooh, Kiki. Kiki. Yep, Kiki underscore poetry for you Instagram folks. And this one is Reverb. Stone smooth because of damage. Cold, ice cold water is a hammer, pounding like reverberation over and over, breaking away the edges, upturning more resound, more impact. Here we are bare, smooth as a blood drop on a brass cross. A new bruised child finds the stone, jade green underflow, it dries to a dull matted moss. Where's the shiny, the little one cries, gradual reverb over a lifetime. The grown child shines like the beaten stones collected and lovingly placed in on a windowsill. How beautifully they have become even in the inevitable dull drying out that comes in foreign sunshine. <sighs> Kiki's so damn good. Yeah, she's she's definitely probably one of the most talented people that I've, I've had the pleasure of coming across. I, I love that piece so much. And just in reading over it again, because of course I've read these several times, and then just reading it aloud again, and again, the, the beautiful imagery and just the realness of that of comparing ourselves to polished stones and the things that sort of tumble us and shape us over time as it kind of gets worn over and over and over and then of course even in the inevitable dull drying out that comes in foreign sunshine mm. you know that can be there's a beauty so i mean ways. she that's what that's what just blows my mind about their writing is their imagery, I've, I've told them time and time again, I'm just jealous of their imagery. But I, I love that concept so much because, I mean, that's also how you get the brightest stones, right? You put them in a tumbler. They, they go through that process of the wearing off of the edges, and it's it's like blacksmithing. You have to get rid of the dross, and that means you have to go through the fire. And I feel like that this piece is really hitting on that that concept really, really well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that one. Oh, also, real quick, shout out. Also an amazing artist. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to check out her, her art page yet. I will have but, to do uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, hopefully, fingers crossed. No pressure since I'm saying this live on air, but hopefully she's going to be working on my book cover for me. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, that leads me to my last of my curated pieces tonight. And it is by the extremely talented underscore sins out loud underscore fun note about their username. Sin stands for shit. I'd never say out loud. This piece is called power. It never ceases to amaze me. The power of a woman's body, 
the power of its curves, dips, and hollows, of the voice if she chooses to use it. It has never surprised me the power of alcohol and its cheap therapy, its flavors and proof of a promised detached good time. Combine the two, and we have me in my early 20s drinking absurd amount of courage, dancing with an insane amount of borrowed confidence in my body's ability to take control of situations I normally wouldn't were I sober. Power? What is that to someone who never had a say, never had control, was never given consideration of her feelings or thoughts about her life and future? What the fuck was power if it wasn't boosted with fermentation and carbonation, if it wasn't supported by liquor-soaked intentions and decisions? Move my hips this way and watch them sway. Move my lips that way and watch them play supplicant to the power I displayed. Power? What the fuck is it if not a tool used to climb higher? What is control if not a fist closed around them, stroking in time to their surrender? Fake surrender, I should amend. Because once the alcohol dried up and the sun came back out, Back to bottom I landed, as pickled livers and dry eyes decided who was in control again. I want to clap, but I don't want to do that right into the microphone because it will hurt people's ears. <laughs> but as a, as a recovering alcoholic, there is so much yes in this. So much yes in this. I love it. There's a kind of joke that we tell in the rooms of meetings where you will often hear your story if not at least once several times and mm. there's a lot of my story in there so i certainly can identify with every part of that in a very I, real I, way yeah I, I absolutely love this piece so much she's one of my favorite storytellers on instagram and they have almost a conversational way of writing to where you're fe you feel like you're sitting down next to someone and, and they're telling you a story or their life story or a tale about a situation that they've been in before. It feels effortless in the way that she writes. Amazing imagery here. And I love the pace of it because it very much, even the first stanza here, does not point to what you're going to encounter for the rest of the poem. And it does so in such just a brilliant way. I absolutely love this piece so much. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. Whew. <laughs> after that. that we, I mean, I have to say we've had some amazing submissions. I'm, yeah. I'm blown away. For sure. So are we doing one more before we announce the winner? I think I am done with my curated pieces. Do you I have another one? And then I have one more curated piece and then on to our winner. Awesome. All right. So my final curated piece is from the Benfo, who is also a published author. And this is his untitled submission. The urban streets of Afalujah were much more sprawling than I would have anticipated. Having only had my state driver's license for roughly two years, I was eager to sit behind the weaponized HMMWVs that were assigned to us. 
Until that point, I had put several hours into earning a government-issued license to operate said trucks. Many of the other drivers and weapons company did not. It's not like anyone was confiscating licenses. That was until some sergeant approached me, screamed at me for speeding through the fuel station, and demanded I turn over my license. Unfazed by the bulging eyeballs, shower of spit, and throbbing neck veins, I turned over my HMMWV license and reluctantly walked over to the platoon staging area, where I awkwardly asked someone to go retrieve my truck. My platoon sergeant asked why I couldn't drive it back. After hearing about half the story, he stopped me and said he would take care of it. Come the next patrol, I was back behind the wheel. It wasn't until we returned stateside that I couldn't legally drive the very vehicle I had spent hundreds of hours in simply because the license situation was never taken care of. It didn't matter. The reverberations of the unique whine of that 6.2-liter diesel engine getting pushed up to the limit live in a small, condensed place in my mind, a place joined by the echoes of distant machine gun chatter and quiet, garbled voices coming out of radio speakers. A place where the sands of Iraq start to whip around you, biting at the uncovered parts of your skin, and the sands of time slip away. Mm. And again, what I love about this piece is it's a narrative piece, and Mm -hmm. Ben's a great storyteller. And in that place where, you know, again, having never had the experience myself, but being able to be put in that place of where you could die tomorrow or in an hour but it's these bits of things that you hold on to a place where the sands of Iraq start to rip around you biting at the uncovered parts of your skin and the sands of time slip away and it's just wow it's just these are the things that you carry that maybe I guess in those moments would keep you sane or grounded Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It never ceases to amaze me the absolutely fantastic talent that a lot of our servicemen and women possess for writing. Growing up, my grandfather was in the Second World War, and he was such a, I guess he was my first storyteller, my first real life storyteller. But it was odd because the only tales he would ever tell about Okinawa, they were all pleasant stories they were all fun stories and i think he was doing me a mercy with with my age at the time but he was such an exceptional storyteller and i see that time and time again from the men and women uh who have gone through this this sort of hell and it's so funny because it's the exact opposite of what is being pushed in the standard media narrative a lot of times you'll hear about a war movie or, or a show this, that, and the other, and it's all very much romanticized and, and heroes, this and saviors that. And what I found time and time again, when I come across pieces like this, these are just young people living their lives and they just happen to be in a fucking war zone. And, and usually that's, that's what you get out of the writing too. It's, it's not anyone quote unquote, bragging about great heroics or, or this, that, and the other, it's people just saying, this is what I've experienced. This is what I'm living. I I am just a a person like you or, or anyone else. And and this is my reality. And they, they do such a great job of really capturing that. This was one of my favorite pieces that we had talked about earlier. I absolutely adore this. And you said that they're published. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. 
Well, I'm going to have to pick up a copy. Well, they Exceptional have goals, work. So, gotcha. There'll be plenty to read. So, do you want to introduce our winner? Would you like me to introduce our winner? I'll let you go ahead and introduce our winner. Okay. I think so... you're you're a bit more familiar with their work. I still need to dig in a little bit deeper. So, I think you might be able to do it more justice than me. Okay, so as as our winner for this first prompt, we have chosen Varangi Writing at Varangi Writing, which is author Anthony Roberts, and he is a published author. He has two books, and also, interestingly enough, will be our first deep dive interview. Uh, yep, you heard it here, folks. And we also have something special coming up as well, and that would be homework. So since we are doing a deep dive interview, if you guys are interested in following along with the work of the author that we're going to have the pleasure of interviewing, feel free to check out their account. There is a direct link to their work. And they also have a book called The Clear The Clearing Barrel available on Amazon, as well as Pigtown. Is that on Amazon as well? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So this is our winning submission from Anthony Roberts, which is at Varangi Writing. A wound guitar string taut between post and bridge, sounding different notes dependent upon where the finger is placed. Each pluck of the string creates reverberation, strum and hum of memory, felt each time when, in a time far from now, rough weathered hands pick up the Gibson that had been forgotten. As it moves along the neck, the higher registers of youth, octaves of possibility, Vibrant and high, the pitch that remains imbued in the mind. The last haunting G-sharp of adolescent solo sound descending into surrender. Down further as the frets spread, the lower notes of age, mellowed acceptance, tones more easily attained, bend and vibrato. Syncopation, manipulation, improvisation. Hand and finger position, composition. The coming together from discord to chord creating the rhythm that provides weight and depth to the melody of existence. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, bridge, chorus, coda, fade. Walk off stage, Robert Johnson waiting, car ride to the crossroads that is now an exit ramp that only goes west. Paganini pray for me, playing my requiem through a martial half-stack. Oh, I love this piece so much. What is it about music, man? What what is it? There it's it speaks to the the primal tribal soul in all of us so much. And I, I it's just it hits different, man. I just there's something about it. And being able to see two of my my favorite uh, human creation endeavors, music and poetry come together like this is a treat. It, it really is. Absolutely. And what I loved is that, you know, talking about reverberation as the strum of guitar strings and that high ascension, the high octaves of, you know, the upper parts of the, the fret and the descent from that sort of raging high-pitched guitar down into the more mellow notes of maturity Mm -hmm. and winding that into the sunset of one's life. I love how he likened that to the passage of time. And the, the one line in this that just 
hooked my heart was each pluck of the string creates reverberation, strum and hum of memory felt each time when, in a time far from now, rough weathered hands pick up the Gibson that had been forgotten. Mm. And just just the image of that, of just this sort of weathered, somewhat tired yet reposed man just finding that guitar, the Gibson in the corner and picking it up and just that first drum, mm. you know, of a chord and just the memory of it, the, the muscle memory of it, the soul memory of it, and just how it does that the reverberation of that just gets under your skin and through your bones and into your soul. And I just, Oh, I love how he illustrated this. <laughs> it is. It's, it's growth and maturity in, in life through poetry and music. That's exactly what this is. The, the ending. <laughs> I adore this ending so much. Paganini, pray for me. Playing my requiem through a martial half stack. Golden. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's playful, but it, it feels genuine too. Like there's that. I, I love it. I, I adore this. It's such a good piece. Oh. So thank you so much for your submission, uh, Ringy Writing. That was an amazing piece. And I'm looking forward to, to more submissions, hopefully, fingers crossed. And the interview. That's going to be super exciting. That's going to be amazing. I'm very much looking forward to that too. So as we said, for anybody who wants to do homework at Varangi Writing, Anthony Roberts' books are available on Amazon. They are Pigtown and The Clearing Barrel, respectively. And uh, definitely go over to his account and give him a follow. He's got some great work on his page. And uh, we will be here for our next, our next installment doing a deep dive with the author. Can't wait. Really looking forward to it. We won't be too strict of, of instructors. You don't have to do your homework, but you would be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, be really cool if he did. I I don't do a good Matthew McConaughey, but what's funny is he does. So maybe <laughs> I can coax him into doing the Matthew McConaughey. There we go. That sounds like a plan. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This is an absolute joy for both of us to be able to do, and we cannot wait to to chat to you again. All right. Thank you again, everyone. And like I said, keep an eye out for information on our website. And again, sincerely thank everyone for their amazing submissions. I know we can't read everything in one curated hour, but we will definitely give props to everyone who took the time to write up and submit a piece. And again, thank you to my amazing co-host, Adam, for again, indulging in the madness that is the Shadow Eraser Poetry Hour. Oh, you're stuck with me. I'm not going anywhere. This is... Yes. This is yeah, this is shared madness now. What is it? Madness du trois? Madness of two? There's a phrase out there. It has to do with serial killers. You guys will have to forgive me. I have a rabbit brain, but maybe that'll be our next prompt. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Take care. Good night.